This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. And welcome back to Vancouver Consumer. I'm Sterling Fox. In just a few moments, John Carlson will return with a fresh look at Metro Vancouver real estate, and he'll tell us more of the 1% realty story as well. But first, here are some more of this week's top consumer stories we're following. And there's another vehicle recall to tell you about this weekend. This time it's Nissan and its luxury brand Infinity, recalling over 20,000 vehicles in Canada to replace a brake component that could cause a fire if brake fluid leaks onto a circuit board. When a leak occurs, Nissan says the ABS warning light will come on on the dashboard and stay on for more than 10 seconds after the engine has been started. Now, if that happens to you, Nissan advises that you park that vehicle outside and contact Nissan Road Assistance to have your car towed to a de- or dealer rather for repairs. Owners will be notified next month to take their vehicle to a dealer who will replace the brake part if necessary at no charge. The recall involves the 2015 to 17 Nissan Murano, the 2016 to 17 Nissan Maxima sedan, and the 2017 to 18 Nissan Pathfinder, and also the 2017 Infiniti QX60. With rumors abounding, Amazon might be thinking of getting into the banking business. A new survey found most Americans would favor banking with the e-commerce giant over their own traditional banks. The reason? Consumer loyalty. Amazon scored higher than both national and regional banks on loyalty. And of the 6,000 people in the survey, 65% they'd be willing to try a free online bank with Amazon. Now, the survey authors say the message to all banks about this survey is to become more simple and digital. Amazon already issues its own branded visa, but the rumors have been about an online checking service that Amazon has never denied. Stay tuned. This could get interesting. Ferrari says most of its cars, up to 60% of them, will be hybrid gas-electric by 2022. And staying even with Porsche, Jaguar, and Alfa Romeo, Ferrari also announced its first SUV. That's right, a Ferrari SUV will be available by 2022. Ferrari's stock took a bit of a beating this summer after its historic boss, Sergio Marchionne, died, and there was concern over the company's profitable future. Now, the new boss says, He hated this hybrid idea when he first heard about it, but after spending some time on it, he now insists the new design will redefine expectations. Our airport, YVR, has been ranked as the sixth best large airport in North America for customer satisfaction, according to J.D. Power & Associates in their new survey this week. The rating goes along with another one from Skytrax that listed YVR as the best airport in North America for the ninth year a few months ago. YVR welcomed just over 24 million passengers last year, plenty enough to put us into the large airport category. So who won? Number one is 
John Wayne Airport in Orange County, California. Number two, Love Field in Dallas, followed by Portland International at number three, then Nashville and Tampa International Airports rounding out the top five. Other Canadian airports who made the list include Pearson in Toronto at number 12 in the Mega Airport category. Montreal's Pierre Elliott Trudeau Airport is just behind Vancouver. It's number eight in the large airport list. Calgary on the same list is number 16. The federal government insists pot legislation will help the country snuff out crime. But internally, it's wondering what will become of the fuzzy world of online illegal weed transactions. The federal public safety department is looking outside to help learn more about the prominence of Canadian weed on the so-called dark web. A new tendering device posted by the department says Ottawa is looking to commission a study that will estimate Canadians' online cannabis transactions. This suddenly comes up with less than a month before legislation? Ontario will be the battleground for a lot of this because most cannabis buyers will be limited to online sales for the first few months after October 11th. It's not going to be pretty, and the local dealers, let alone the dark web, will likely be as busy as they are today for a while, at least in Ontario. Those are some more of the week's top consumer stories. We'll take a look at a few more later in the show. Stay tuned because John Carlson is on deck and ready to roll with a fresh Vancouver market real estate update and lots more on the 1% Realty Story. This is Vancouver Consumer and you're listening to 980 CKNW. And welcome back to Vancouver Consumer. This Saturday afternoon on CKNW, I'm Sterling Fox, and joining me across the desk is John Carlson, Personal Real Estate Corporation from 1% Realty. Welcome back, John. It's good to see you. Thanks, Sterling. Good afternoon. Uh, I want to talk to you about a headline that's been in all the local papers for the past few days, and it's, it's another one of these indicators of the dramatic changes going on in real estate, especially in Metro Vancouver, to say nothing of around British Columbia in general. The headline, and this is one of the local papers, it repeats itself all over them, BC home sales forecast to slide further next year. This is from a, the, a prediction from the Canadian Real Estate Corporation. It's their national office making the call. And their numbers frequently different from on-the-ground realtors like yourself and local and regional boards. But nonetheless, they're talking about, and this is an interesting line, and I'll take it right out of the, of the report. Quote, it's a story of the impact of the mortgage qualification requirements on the BC market. And we think it's going to take a little while to play out. Close quote. You have been saying precisely that on this program for the past several months. Yeah, well, there's no doubt that the market in Greater Vancouver is adjusting compared to where it was. I mean, we've talked about this many times, Sterling, how, you know, how crazy things were when we were doing these shows maybe six months ago last year. Especially last year, yeah. And the volume's down and the numbers are down. So if, if I read that correctly, I think the Canadian Real Estate, Real Estate Association is saying that the market has come down this year from the all-time highs sure. in terms of number of sales, and they're predicting it'll come down a little more next year. Right. So I've seen all kinds of different predictions, and uh, I think you hit it right on the head there, Sterling, that there have been some changes. The finance stress test, the real changes there have been a big one. So that's eliminated the purchasing power of, or some of the purchasing power of a lot of people who want to get in the market. And then of course, there's all the other changes that we've talked about with taxes and regulations and, you know, provincial government stuff. Right. So I think it only makes sense that these changes do take some time. Uh, so the market will probably continue to adjust. The good news is, though, prices haven't changed a whole lot, although they're adjusting. Uh, but that's interesting because they say, despite the fact that they are quite confidently produce, predicting rather a reduction in overall 
overall activity, they're not predicting a corresponding drop in prices. They say prices will continue to increase, albeit somewhat slower than this insane marketplace has known for the past several years. Well, uh, my take on that would be that we've already seen prices soften, and they're probably going to continue. So anytime the, the supply stays the same and the demand goes down, prices generally will soften, and I think we've seen that. We may continue to see that. But, you know, I talk to all kinds of other agents, and I'm reading statistics and reports about the real estate market on a regular basis. Sure. And, and uh, you know, there are opinions out there that the market's going to correct uh, by a margin of 25% from here or things. And then there are other people who think that, you know, market's just going to stay flat. All I know is that, in my opinion, if the market continues to soften price-wise, there's a lot of people on the sidelines waiting to see what happens. Well, that's why I wanted to bring this up right away this afternoon, John, because, again, if you, uh, you know, we talk about peak house, well, maybe we have passed peak house. Who knows? But uh, a lot of people still... Uh, waiting to execute the game plan, which was buy that house back in the 70s or the sure. 80s, have it paid off by now, and have equity up uh, just until oh. the cows come home. So now it's time to sell that single detached home that you no longer need because the kids have moved out and gone away. So here's the game plan. And all of a sudden, my game plan could be, well, sideswiped by market changes. I don't think so, John. It's just not crazy anymore. I think that's exactly right. Yes, there may have been an adjustment and there is an adjustment, but let's remember what we might be comparing to all-time crazy highs with a lot of, you know, a lot of factors going into that sort of a situation. All I can tell people is homes are selling. Yeah. I mean, uh, we've been selling homes, I've been selling homes, people are moving uh, for all kinds of different reasons. Families get bigger, people upsize, they downsize, they move out of town. So the market is just fine. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I would suggest though that if it is going to you know adjust a little bit more that's just part of the you know the, the rising and lowering tide of the real estate market in in general and that a person can still make a great lateral move you can downsize you can upsize right but you probably want to actually put a lot of thought into your pricing and your strategy and your marketing because when it's more competitive you want to be tougher. Right, and exactly. This is this is my whole point this afternoon with you. You're a member of the President's Club again last year, which means you're in the top 1% of all realtors in Metro Vancouver in the Fraser Valley. And it wasn't your first appearance in the President's Club over your many years, a couple of dozen years as a realtor. Uh, the last 10 of which have been with 1% Realty. And I'll ask you a little more about why you made the big change in a couple sure. of minutes. But in terms of executing that game plan, the one that's been, we actually wrote this out 25 years ago, we had a mortgage-burning party. It was terrific. And now we're ready to make the next move. But all of a sudden, well, the ground appears to have shifted a little bit. And you used the word strategy, John. And if in these changing market conditions, a solid pro with decades of experience and knowledge and understanding of strategy is even more critical to successfully selling your house for close to the price you would always imagine getting. Yes, you, you definitely want to know your stuff, so to speak. Yeah. And if you're going to go out into the environment of a real estate sale and sell your property, you want to know what that environment is. And you also, I think, want to measure that against what your own particular needs and wants are. Right. Some sellers want to sell quick for various reasons. That might be a different strategy than someone who wants to test the market. And if they can get a certain amount, that gives them the ability to make another move they want. So... Uh, all kinds of different reasons, all kinds of different ideas people are selling. All I can tell people is the market is still good, but don't expect it to be tuned to deliver the results it might have. If your neighbor sold last year and they had seven offers after the sign got plunked on the yard. Exactly right. You know, you still need a strategy in those days too, but it was kind of like feed it to the wolves and see what would happen and sure. see how high the numbers will go. Right. That doesn't really work in most segments anymore. So you, like you say, get a strategy, go in, know the market, know what you want. And then from there, 
decide how you're going to approach it in terms of pricing and marketing. You want to, you know, polish that apple, if you will. I mean, when I was new in sales, the guy teaching me said, Johnny, that's why they polish the apples at Safeway. And it's true. You want to be shiny. You want to take all your best points and, and, and promote them to the right people. So people who like those points are going to come and see and going to see value. But you got to remember the competition's a lot stronger than it was. And buyers have less money in their pockets and buyers are in the background thinking, hmm, I don't really know what's going on with this market. When I write an offer, I'm going to be a little bit careful and maybe be a little bit on the conservative side. Right, right, right. My mom used to pound into what she called my thick skull, uh, the old cliche. <laughs> there, you never get a second chance to make a first impression. True. So when you launch that house for sale, this is the game plan again. This is the, this is the plan. Okay, so maybe we're a little late for Peak House, so what? It's our plan on our timetable. This is the time. So when it comes time to get that, get it out there and present it to the world, perhaps for the first time, it has to be the right price. It has to be the right packaging. Uh, all of those uh, uh, features showing, all of those details, John, it's really important to have all of those ducks in a row before you get that house on its first listing, isn't it? Oh, it absolutely is. And we could talk about all kinds of different properties, acreages and oil tank searches and septic and stuff. It depends on the property and what the situation is. But yes, when you hit the market, here's my philosophy. We want to make it easy for other agents. We want to make it easy for the buyers. Give them all the information. Eliminate deficiencies. You don't want mold in the corner of your house and this and this. Get yourself ready so that when you hit the market, I, again, it's, I've said this before, it's like being at a dance. If you want to get picked, you're probably going to comb your hair, put your best shirt on and kind of stand straight up and not slouch, if you know what I mean. <laughs> That's right. Not too much different when it comes to real estate. Know your strengths and push them. Right. I uh, want to talk a little bit about, as I mentioned, I was, go- I was sort of leading myself into the, the change. You were in the real estate business for at least a dozen years with competitive companies before you joined 1%. That's right. Uh, and part of joining 1%, it was a calculated business decision. You've told us that before. Right. But you actually had to sit down and calculate taking a loss on every house you sold in terms of commissions. And yet, you made the change with enormous confidence, and 10-plus years later, you're here to sing the praises of 1% Realty. Talk about that that time that you went through when you made the conscious decision to take a hit. You know, it's funny. I've been at 1% about eight or nine years and a little over 21 years in the business. Um, And you just reminded me of something. When I did make the decision to go to 1% Realty, it was funny because the first month I had clients that I'd been talking to and, hey, you know, I'm no longer at this company. I'm now with 1% Realty and great news. You know, I can do the same thing I've always done for you, but I'm going to save you some money. Right. So it was great. So I'd have clients call me and I was listing properties and selling them and the commissions were lower. And I thought to myself, Hey, these are people I would have worked with anyway. Mm-hmm. And so it was kind of, uh, kind of a little bit funny that way. But I did realize that by putting a better value proposition than I had before out there, that it was likely I was going to get business and referrals. And I wouldn't have to spend, a lot of people don't realize when you're in the real estate industry, sometimes you can spend a lot of your time and money cultivating new business. Right. And that's one of the luxuries that I have now because I get so many referrals from past clients and people call me because they want to know what this value proposition about and hey, what's this 1% realty and how do you do everything everybody else does cheaper or you know, how, how does this work? So I do get a lot of uh, you know, opportunities and that was a calculated decision that I made back in 2010. I kind of read the landscape and said, you know what? Consumers, and this is the consumer show. That's right. Consumers want better value in real estate. You hear it all over the place. Oh, well, gee, why is the commission this? Or why do I have to pay that? Now, I'm not going to discount the value of a good agent. There's definitely great value there. It's just question if you have a good agent representing you, it's, it's very valuable to a seller. But Absolutely. the question is, you know, 
if you can get that for a better price, why would you not? Let me quote from the website. It's johnny1percent.com, friends. The primary reason typical commission rates have remained the same is that so many sellers have agreed to pay those rates. You might have paid those rates as well on a previous transaction, but why pay more than you have to? That's a perfectly reasonable question to ask anyone. If you can save some dough, get the same quality of service, and the same result, why on earth would you pay more? Exactly. And if I can flip that on its head, and I tell people this when we meet all the time, the other side of the coin is this. If I saved you money on commission, but I wasn't a good agent... I wouldn't, it wouldn't be worth it. I'd probably cost you more money than I tried to save you on commission if I didn't do a good job. So again, with Johnny 1%, johnny1percent.com, go to my website and read this. My decision joining 1% Realty was I was going to offer those uh, you know, very uh, attractive commission rates, mm-hmm. but I wasn't going to cut corners. I was going to take the same experience that I'd gained in all the years at the other companies. I was going to do the same, if not better, marketing than I've ever done. And the result is you do get a better price without cutting corners. And if I may say so, I've got a lot of experience. And when you get an offer in and you've got an agent, a very experienced agent in your corner, you can get make good things happen. Well, exactly. And that was my point with bringing up this rather negative prediction from the real estate cartel back there in, in uh, Ontario, the National the Canadian Real Estate Association, uh, talking about, well, a, a dwindling numbers and, and uh, reduced levels of expectations. And that's right across Canada, with the exception of Montreal, which appears to be the smoking hot market du jour. Nonetheless, when the market changes... And we've seen enormous changes in the Metro Vancouver market in just the past 12 months. All the more reason to have a veteran in your corner, a a realtor with years of experience who's been through more than a few of these hills and valleys in prices and supply and demand and who can roll with those punches and still keep you on top of the wave being in a position to realize the best result. Well said, Sterling. Thank you. Well, you're welcome. It's, <laughs> it's just true. And the it other, is true. Yes. The other element here that we need to keep including in the conversation, regardless of predictions from Ontario or elsewhere, and you and I remind each other of this frequently, every year, every year, 30,000 people move to Metro Vancouver. These people have to find a place to live. Not all of them are going to buy a house, and there'll be a few battles over rental rates along the way as well, but that's still an unchanging number, John. It's been constant for a long time, and I see absolutely no indications of any reduction in that intake number year after year going forward. Absolutely, and that's why I don't see the real estate tent folding in in Greater Vancouver and the bubble popping and everything going down the drain because there are so many uh, potential buyers for this area, and a lot of them are just sitting on the sidelines waiting to see how these changes affect the market. It's not like uh, Vancouver is no longer a desirable place to put money. It's not like people don't have money to invest in Vancouver. We're just in a bit of an adjustment period. And if you know prices get low enough, investors jump back in, I think this market pops right back up. But for now, we're in a flat, if not slightly declining market. Something you want to think about if you're selling. And you've been through this before. You've been around for over 20 years and it all hasn't always been up, up, up. We've had a few hills and valleys along the way. And the question is just to know how to handle handle the situation, and make a strategic readjustment. It's all about strategy. You can learn lots more about uh, what Mr. Carlson is up to and how he can put you with a, a good strategy consultation in the best possible position to realize the best results at his website, johnny1percent.com. And on the website, you'll find the phone number, which is 604-612-0080. Let me repeat that, 604 612 
0080. And that's the contact point where you can get John to come by, have a look at your place, give you an estimate, and get you in the game. Lots more on 1% Realty here on Vancouver Consumer after the news. Welcome back to Vancouver Consumer this Saturday afternoon here on CKNW. I'm Sterling Fox. John Carlson from 1% Realty is in studio with me with his uh, regular visit to talking Metro Vancouver real estate. And John, of course, you do really, you do Metro Vancouver. You everything from Mission all the way to uh, all over the city of Vancouver, That's Burnaby, right. Langley, Surrey. You're everywhere. That's right. I grew up out here. I spent a lot of time. I know the market quite well in a lot of areas. And uh, as long as I can travel there and do an efficient do- job for a client, yeah, I'm available. I also, that's a good point. Sometimes when I work in areas that are a little far from me, like maybe uh, West Vancouver or Richmond, I bring on a partner from my company at 1% Realty. There's lots of good agents at our company, 1% Realty. If you go to 1percentrealty.com, you can look some of them up. And if it's an area outside of Greater Vancouver, Fraser Valley, Mm -hmm. we may have agents up there as well. Well, we've talked about this. You've sold homes for people here in Metro Vancouver and contacted an agent upcountry in Prince George or over on Vancouver Island and uh, combined with their, their resources and yours, got them out of their house here in Metro Vancouver and into the new property in God's country on Vancouver Island or up in in the Caribou. Yep, getting it done for the client. That's what it's all about. Absolutely. Uh, Speaking of clients, now we're going to hear from John and Jan. Jan, I believe, is going to speak first. These are a couple from Anmore that have been very recent clients of our Mr. John Carlson. So let's start with Jan first. I heard about John on 980, um, and I came home and told my husband about him. And he sounded great, and all that he did in the 1%. Um, John was not that keen on going that direction. He didn't feel we would get the same service if we'd gone with a more regular agent. Um, and, but then John came out to our home. He was fabulous. And John... And John saw the light, and John is absolutely, positively thrilled with John and his service and especially the amount of money, which we figure is around $30,000, that he saved us. But he does the same job as everybody else. Like, his pictures were fantastic. He does the virtual tour. There is nothing you get less because you go with 1% royalty. You get exactly the same thing if you go with a regular 7% royalty, and I think that's what impressed my husband uh, the most. And, I mean... He was always available to us to talk to us anytime, explain anything to us. Um, very, very professional and did a great job of selling the house in a quick hurry. Well, there you go. That's a pretty, pretty positive feedback there from Jan and John and Anmore. How recently did their house sell, John? We had conditions removed two days ago. Wow. So this is pretty recent. And uh, John and Jan, hello out there. What a pleasure it was working for you both. Uh, Just a fantastic time. I think Jan and John and I got to know each other a little bit more than we would have otherwise because we had, you know, stuff like financing fall through early and had to get other offers and things like that. So it it gave us a little bit of time to get to know each other. And what a great, I'm so happy that I was chosen by Jan and John. It was uh, my pleasure. I'm glad they're thrilled with it. Uh, I couldn't be happier. And uh, the, this announcement on the radio is just the icing on the cake. So thank you, John. Thank you, Jan. It's been my pleasure. I'm going to be in touch uh, later on after the show. Excellent. Well, of course, from Ben and me to the both of you, Jan and John, thanks for listening to Vancouver Consumer. They heard about you on the radio, Jan said. So we appreciate you listening to our show every weekend very much. And uh, you you were referred to by Jan as, well, uh, uh, you, you were doing things differently than 
uh, a regular realtor. That's and, that's, right. and she didn't know how to explain it, but your commission structure is different. And and her husband, John, was originally very skeptical yes. uh, because he is he's a, a pretty typical consumer reaction, Mr. Carlson. If you pay less, you get less. That's and right. that's, uh, that's where he was stuck until you sat down across the, his kitchen table from him. And that's great. That's why it's so nice to hear this, uh, you, know, you know, on this show. Uh, when I pulled up to John and Jan's house for the very first time, I was impressed. This is a, a nice upscale home in a fantastic neighborhood. And I don't know, maybe reading between the lines, I mean, sometimes people who have nice homes like this, maybe it might seem awkward to put a 1% realty sign in your front yard. You know, you're, you're in an established high-end neighborhood and what will people think? Or gee, what will, will I get the re- right results? You know, I can only imagine, this is just me imagining yeah, what yeah. it might be like. Yeah, so yeah. it's nice uh, to know that uh, they're happy. And I know that they saved a lot of money compared to what the other agents well, were quoting them on commissions. Well, John said it was $30,000. That's significant, especially when you get to just keep it in your pocket. After-tax income. I yeah. mean, it's funny. I mean, you see people on TV shows doing crazy things to make $30,000. <laughs> all you have to do is hire me to sell your home. You know, it, it, it's you know pretty much that simple. But Jan was saying, and she sort of filled in some of the gaps for you <laughs> on this, because she was saying that, indeed, the virtual tour, all of the services you provided right. were top-notch, first-class, and exactly the same as would be offered by any other professional realtor in Metro Vancouver. And that is my goal, uh, if not to do it a little bit better than I than anybody else, but that is my goal, to make sure that nobody ever feels like they didn't get the full service package from me, no matter how much money they save compared to what other agents have quoted them. Well, and again, let's talk about the savings, though, and let's talk about the commission structure a little bit, because as we dig a little deeper into the 1% realty business model, we started talking about about why you made the big change to 1% uh, eight or nine years ago. You had to take that business model apart, brick by brick, to really understand why you were about to take this plunge. Uh, And so you understand the business model that Mr. Ian Bailey, who who established 1%, put together in the first place, which is uh, uh, the same quality of service and the same degree of service as the competition for less money. That's right. That's it, essentially, isn't it? That is correct. And I do good because I do a lot of volume business. And the more business that you're doing, the more good business you're doing, generally, the more sharp you are when it comes to doing your next bit of business. So that's really my formula. I keep working. I've got uh, good energy so far. I'm going to keep doing it. And uh, I invite people to go to johnny1percent.com. That's uh, my website. There's a uh, little, you can click on there for a free evaluation. You can contact me. My phone number's there and I am available. Well, I'm looking at the grid, which is right on the middle of uh, johnny1percent.com, right on the homepage, right in the middle. You scroll down about halfway and it's under savings you'll enjoy. And the grid sets up a prop, their typical property value. So let's use let's use a million bucks. You know that's uh, it's uh, it's tip- pretty typical, especially for a detached house property in Metro Vancouver. So you get three columns: the one percent realty commission rate on said one million dollar property. Set column two is most other brokers' commission rates on said property, and the best part is the third column, which is your savings. So on a million bucks, one percent realty is going to charge uh, ten thousand nine hundred and fifty dollars. Uh, a typical competitive situation, the commission would be close to, well, 29500 just a whisker under thirty grand. Mm. A significant difference. That's an enormous gap for a person. The savings, carry it out to the third column, uh, $18,550. 
the math's all right there for you. Take a look at the website. And I, I really should say at this point in time, that graph is comparing the commission structure I charge to 7% on the first 100000 2.5% of the balance. Right. Not every agent charges 7 and 25 uh, So there are other business models out there, but it is by far the prevailing rate. So I just want to make sure that that's clear what we're comparing to. And on average, boy, I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, last year and this year, each client on average that sells with me, anywhere from a, a lower-end condo to a higher-end property, I think it was ten or eleven thousand dollars if I checked my stats compared to seven and two and a half. So it's a real savings. There's no smoke and mirrors here. Um, you know, I'm I'm putting the word out there to people to give me a call. Yeah, and I quoted the I quoted a million dollar sort of mid range price on this chart. But John, for some of those lower end properties, and if you go down, if you scroll down at johnny1percent.com, you'll you'll see the the current listings, and you can click below that and see more current listings. I was surprised. I clicked through and went flipped through the whole thing this morning before coming into work and. And you have a lot of properties in the high threes and low fours, numbers that people just don't see very often around Metro Vancouver anymore. Well, again, when you work in Maple Ridge and Pitt Meadows and Mission, you do, and, and Port Coquitlam, for instance, uh, I want to say congratulations to John and Heather, uh, condo in Port Coquitlam. We just removed conditions on that a couple days ago as well. And awesome working with them. This was one of those kind of $400,000 range properties right. and they're the they're hottest properties right now. So, you know, I was very fortunate to work with them. I uh, don't know what their savings was. I know they were happy. Um, but yeah, I do a lot of that kind of business as well. And I think that people that are in three and four and $500,000 properties, that five or 10 or more thousand that they might save working with me compared to another agent, that's big money. That's mm-hmm. important. That's their vacation maybe. That might be, uh, you know, transportation or something for the kids. It's big money. This is real money we're talking about here. So I'm going to put it to people. If you want to sell and you want a top selling agent who's going to do a good job for you, give me a call because I can do that and probably save you significant money compared to most of my competition. You mentioned working with John and Heather recently. Here's a couple of words on John from Heather. Uh, he was very helpful in setting up the original notification that, that our place was up for sale. He was very he was very polite and informed us about his services. He made some very good suggestions as to how best to present our home for sale. Uh, there were lots of showings, um, well-managed. He listened very carefully to our needs, followed through with with uh, our our requests and questions, and uh, our home sold very successfully. Wow! There you go. That's uh, that's the bottom line. A, a happy client who, uh, no doubt, uh, saved somewhere between four and six thousand dollars. And you know the other the other thing that happens when you move, John. No matter how old you are, how many kids you have or don't have, moving always costs more than you expect. So if you're able to have a few extra thousand bucks available to cover those, oh, I didn't, I didn't, we didn't count on that one coming up. Uh, it's just so much easier to make the move happen more smoothly. It can be an expensive process. You're right. Anything I can do to help that process uh, be less expensive and smoother, I'm, I'm all for it. Now, we'll talk about some open houses. I know you've got one coming oh, right, up tomorrow, right. and because uh, I'm scrolling through these listings, there are some, again, the variety of listings 
things that you have. And again, uh, everywhere from Maple Ridge to Pitt Meadows to Port Coquitlam to Langley, right. uh, it, it, you, you're all over that area. And the prices of some of these uh, listings, John, are very, very attractive. And as you say, right now these days, those are the hot properties. True enough. And uh, let's start with, with that in mind. I've got an open house on Sunday from 1 to 4 p.m. in Maple Ridge. By the way, Maple Ridge is pretty hot. I'm looking for other Maple Ridge Pit Meadows listings. If you're listening in that area and you're thinking to sell and go to my website, maybe give me a call. This one, 11305 Creekside Street. This is a house. It's uh, early 2000s, about 2,500 square feet, three beds up, two-bedroom nanny suite down for mom and dad, uh, fenced backyard. The interesting thing is it's a sloped, upslope backyard. So you've got a basement, but yet when you're on your upper level and you go out your back door at your kitchen, you've got a level backyard there. So oh. this one is 849.9. This is an excellent price for this property. Limited time only. Sellers have their eye on something. If we can make a deal soon, this one can happen. Sunday, one to four, 849.9. I think it's the best house in Maple Ridge at that price. I've got another new listing in Maple Ridge. Uh, this one's 23841, 105th Avenue. These are on my website, by the way, Johnny mm-hmm. 1%, uh, in 3D tours and all that stuff. Uh, this one's listed at 987,000. Oh, I just found it. Okay. Yep. It's about a 10,000 square foot lot. Uh, you know, a two story with a full basement and a suite, renovated granite countertops, big rooms, quality home. But the thing on this one is the backyard, an upsloping backyard. It's extremely private. Uh, There's a waterfall. There's a yoga studio built up there. Big money spent on making this like uh, like Seymour Park in the backyard. Incredible property. Um, Give me a call on that one as well. Okay, so all of these listings, and there are lots of them to look at, too. Uh, Maple Ridge, I'm just looking at some of the locations. Mission, uh, Port Coquitlam, uh, Langley, uh, you're, you're, you're just everywhere. And again, people from the city are, uh, one of our colleagues, uh, Greg, who just works down the hall from us, uh, just bought a condo right near Lincoln Station in Port Coquitlam. Ah, okay. they, why? Because we want to take transit yes. back and forth to work. Uh, the driving, the insurance, all that stuff is nuts, and they've actually been shopping for over a year mm. because they wanted to find that spot within walking distance of SkyTrain. Is that a priority? Are you finding a lot of younger buyers looking for those uh, uh, SkyTrain or TransLink uh, accessible locations? Absolutely. I think the younger demographic, um, you know, walk scores are important. Uh, transit being close by. They don't want to necessarily be encumbered by a vehicle or the costs of a vehicle. And lifestyles, of course, nowadays are a little more fluid maybe and people want it a little easier. For me, I like getting in my car and driving where I have to go because I can't depend on transit. But yes, you're absolutely right. Uh, uh, Condos in these areas are are pretty popular. They're affordable. They're convenient. They're new. They're warranted, all that stuff. We've only got a minute left, and we've spent a lot of this program talking about sellers and how they need to sort of adjust to the changing times. You also represent buyers. Yes. What do buyers have to – how do they have to rethink their approach to the game these days? Well, the good news for buyers is they don't have to just uh, turn their pants pockets inside out and get shaken upside down for every penny they have That's necessarily. Yes. So you have some time. And when I'm working with a buyer on a property, here's my theory right now on buyers. Because from the listing side, again, I get offers from other agents and buyers. Some of them have been kind of low lately. There's opportunistic buyers out there. Right. I think buyers are a little unsure where the market's going and they're being a little careful with their offers. So I would suggest if you're a buyer, again, it comes down to your needs. And you know, if you find the one in a million place in the dream spot that you want, well, you should probably go for it kind of regardless of price. But on the other hand, if you're a typical buyer comparing a good two bedroom condo 
Time is on your side right now. You don't have to necessarily throw your wallet open. You can be negotiate and you can uh, probably uh, get better terms than you could in the past few years. Well, that's encouraging advice. Lots more good advice and great information available at Mr. Carlson's website, johnny1percent.com. And the phone number again, you can call him now because he's done. 604-612-0080. John Carlson, always a pleasure. Thanks for coming in. We'll catch up to you again in a few weeks. Thanks, Sterling. See you soon. And we're back after this. And once again, our thanks to John Carlson for 1% Realty for another very informative visit. Next weekend, we'll talk care for seniors and the world-class dentist from BC Perio will return after their summer break. Time now for Duly Noted. And this time around, our producer, Ben Dooley, has a look at Vancouver's attitude change over Granville Street. Thanks, Sterling. It's the latest step the city of Vancouver is taking to keep nightlife safe downtown. Good Night Out Vancouver, a non-profit that supports safety along the Granville Entertainment District, has been granted $20,000. Co-owner Stacy Forrester says the team is out every Friday and Saturday night between midnight and 3.30 a.m. The team of four just kind of patrols the streets and supports people um, finding their friends, charging their phones. Maybe they need some water and to rally before they get in a cab. Forrester adds their team is trained in bystander intervention conflict resolution, and first aid. They are also equipped with naloxone kits. So it's kind of doing those things that um, might go unnoticed by the police or that the police are too busy to do or, or, you know, isn't within their scope. Some of the money will go towards helping retain members of the team. Uh, We technically call them volunteers because we're not really, we don't have the internal capacity to support employees. But we do offer an honorarium. Forrester says Good Night Out Vancouver is the only nightlife support group in North America. The money will go strictly towards their services and allow the group to run until early next year. I'm Ben Dooley, and that's Dooley Noted. Thanks, Ben. Boy, that's been a long time coming. Time for a couple more consumer quickies before we go. Good news for gamers from Sony this week as we learn the PlayStation Classic is on the way. The new package will include 20 built-in games and is expected to cost about 129 bucks. At less than half the size of the original 90s PlayStation, this new compact edition follows Nintendo, who has also reduced the size of its games and platforms over the last couple of years with great success. Like the Nintendo Mini, uh, the PlayStation Classic ships without the USB-AC adapter needed to power it up, but it does include the required USB cable as well as two control pads. Just in time for Christmas, Sony plans to release the PlayStation Classic on December 3rd. A big announcement this week by the folks at SPUD, that's Sustainable Produce Urban Delivery, Inc., and their launch of Canada's first fresh food delivery platform in Burnaby called FoodX. This is a huge new facility that will serve as a warehouse and delivery platform and will allow multiple users access to the latest technology for ensuring fresh food delivery around Metro Vancouver. The best part is some of this technology can also be used globally to help deliver fresh food anywhere in the world. This also means that FoodX will be able to deliver fresh food around Vancouver faster and more sustainably with fewer vehicles on the road. Walmart is an initial partner and many smaller retails are expected to join as they learn about the possibilities. Hats off to Spud. Those folks do good work. 
And those are some more of the week's top consumer stories. And that is pretty much our show for this afternoon. Produced by Ben Dooley, Andrew Ferreira is at the controls. We appreciate your feedback. And if you have any thoughts or suggestions about our show, please send them along to sterling at cknw.com or tweet them to us at Van Consumer. I'm Sterling Fox. Join us again next Saturday at 2 for another edition of Vancouver Consumer, right here on CKNW. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.